This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about ideas, strategies, hacks, and tips for building happier habits into our everyday lives. This week, we'll talk about why you might treat yourself like a professor, and we'll share lots of insights, resources, and hacks from listeners who are doing hashtag Write24 and 24, our annual challenge this year. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I'm in my little home office here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who I will treat like a professor, Professor Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretch, I'm happy to report I have been writing every day in my one-sentence journal for Write 24 and 24. It's happening. Yes. Before we launch in, people are loving the Habits for Happiness quiz, which you can take, of course, at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. But because there is so much enthusiasm and so many people have been taking it, and I've been hearing about what habits people are starting and what challenges they're facing, and you know, are there ideas for how to stick to these new habits? I am going to offer a workshop on mm. these themes on February 29th. That's Leap Day, so it's fun to do something on Leap Day, thinking about the next thing you'll want to do in 2024. So you can enroll at happiercast.com slash workshop. I am loving hearing everybody's responses to this quiz, so take the quiz come join the workshop. It's going to be really interesting. Yes, you were looking for something to do on Leap Day. I I, I love a Leap Day. And then, Gretch, this comes from Julie. She said, I was listening to episode 462 about stating your preference, and it reminded me of a strategy my friend taught me. When she and her husband are brainstorming ideas about what to do over the weekend, they each rank their ideas 1 to 10. If they really want to do something, they give it a 10. If they really don't, they give it a 1. If they both give something a high or low ranking, it's an easy decision. They do it or skip it. If they're a mismatch, say one of them is a nine, but the other is a three, the one who is a nine asks, 
What would it take to get you to a six? <laughs> For example, leaving an event early, going to a cheaper restaurant, etc. I love this strategy and use it with my partner when we are both decision fatigued. We are both questioners and have a one-year-old, so that happens a lot. Well, this is great. I love this idea. It's very... Gamify. Yeah, it gamifies it and sort of objectifies it too. So you're like, okay, let's give it a number. Excellent suggestion. And our try this at home tip this week is to treat yourself like a professor. Maybe it's more like consider yourself as a professor, but treat yourself like a professor. And Gretchen, we have a series of these. <laughs> treat yourself like a toddler. Treat yourself like a puppy. Yeah. Treat yourself like a teenager. So now a professor. Yes. And these are valuable strategies because research shows that often when we think of ourselves in the third person, we get a different perspective, and it is well established that we are much better at dealing with mm -hmm. other people's lives and problems than our own. You can give great advice, extremely useful and insightful advice to someone else, but when it comes to thinking and acting on that advice for ourselves, it can be more of a challenge. So that when we find ways to distance ourselves from our own situation, we're often much better at making good decisions, getting insights into what changes might be helpful. And in my observation, this process sometimes works even better when we identify ourselves in the context of someone else, like a toddler. How would you treat a toddler? How would you treat a puppy? What would you expect a professor to be able to do? What would your life be like as a professor? And so it, it's just a new way to give a different framework to our behavior and our decisions. So what are ways that we might treat ourselves <laughs> like a professor? Right, right. We've Neither one of us has ever, ever been a professor. I've like no. guest taught classes, but neither one of us has been yes. a professor, but we have ideas about what yes, that would we be. Do. <laughs> We've had professors. We've had professors. So one thing you could do, Gretch, I was thinking is give yourself office hours. This comes up for me and I think for you as well. If you're someone that people often ask for advice, yeah. career advice or sure. informational interviews, yeah. career favors for me, you know, reading a script, going right. to coffee, that kind of thing. Right. I've decided what I can do is pick a time when I'm available for that. Uh -huh. So, and I think a listener suggested this mm -hmm. some time ago. So you can say, these are my office hours. So right. if someone contacts you, I do that from 11 to 1 on Tuesdays. Right. And slot them into that time because what I find is one of the sort of most difficult parts of giving someone advice is just scheduling it. Yes. Because so they're always true. like, well, whatever works for you. Yes. And then, right. you know, it just is such a hassle. Yes. But if you say, here's a time yes. that I know works for me, and then if you've already filled that slot this week, you give them the next week. Right. Yes. Or the next month or however often you have it set for yourself. So that's my office hours. I think that's great. It keeps it manageable. There's no decision fatigue. It's like if the slots are full, then it, you know, you're not going to be doing it six hours in one week. So it, it solves a lot of problems. So that's great. Office hours. Okay. Yes. So my friend is like a yes. student. And had accountability issues. And I said, well, one thing you might do is go work in a coffee shop. Don't work in your apartment. Go work. Because I find that if you're just there with your laptop and you're like, okay, I'm here for two hours, there's nothing else to do, especially if you like don't let yourself go on the internet or do your emails. And so you work just because out of sheer boredom. You're like, I'm here. What am I going to do? So it's a good way to get yourself to work regularly if you're having trouble. And so he decided to give himself a grant. He said, oh, you know what? I gave myself a $500 grant for coffee and pastries. 
days. So I can go work in a coffee shop. I buy myself a lovely coffee. I buy myself a pastry. And then they'll let me sit in this coffee shop for a reasonable amount of time. And that's how I'm like made the significant progress. And I thought this was so great that conceiving it of a, as a grant, because it's like, this is money that I am spending in order to reach my aims for myself. It's not... I thought it was just a very skillful way to make it acknowledge that this is an investment in myself. It's something that if it works is going to be really worth it. And so yes. and he could afford that. So I thought that was very clever. Or, I mean, you could give yourself a $50 grant. Oh, absolutely. Whatever works yes. in your life. Right. Another thing you can do is teach what you want to learn or do. Yeah. I have many friends who are professors who will decide to teach a class, like a specific seminar or something, because there's something that they want to learn. And they're like, okay, I'm going to have to learn this about if I'm going to have to teach it, like there, I think there's even a proverb that the best way to learn is to teach. This is a, an accountability strategy that I've heard about from obligers. Like I remember hearing from an obliger who wanted to learn how to do genealogical research. So he signed up to give a class at his local library on it because he's like, well, I'm going to have to figure out how to do it because I'm going to teach it. My husband, Jamie, is teaching like a law school seminar and there's all this reading that he's always been really wanting to do. And now he's like, yeah, I got to do this reading because it'll give me all this greater context because he's talking about things that he knows well, but of course there's always more background and legal history. And so because he's teaching it, he's learning it and that's been great for him. Yeah, I know when I try to teach people Mahjong, it yes. helps me remember it better. Yes, it's just a great strategy generally. And then I have a friend, a writer, who had been working at like a very intense pace and needed to give herself a break. And I saw her and she's like, oh, yeah, I gave myself a sabbatical, a reading sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, yeah, I'm, all I'm doing is reading. I thought, that was, wow, that sounds delightful. So it was like, I think it was like a month-long sabbatical. And then um, I saw her a while later and I was like, oh, how was your sabbatical? And she goes, oh, you know what? I got an extension. Oh, that's you know, I mean, as if somebody had awarded her an extension. Anyway, again, I thought that was funny. And it was also it felt like, oh, it's not like I'm just playing hooky from my writing yes. life. It's like, oh, this is a reading sabbatical. So it's, it's still- It's an enriching thing to do for my career and exactly. myself, yes. but it's a respite. Yes. And she yeah. wanted to write a historical fiction. So she was reading all about this period that she needed to know about. So it was very targeted, and yet it was also super fun. Well, it's a great know yourself better question. If you could take a six-month sabbatical, what Ooh. would you do with that time? Yes. Yes, I would love to know people's answers. And also, if some workplaces do offer sabbaticals, not even just academics. Yes. Have you taken a sabbatical? What did you do with your sabbatical? And have you taken it? Because I've talked to people who can take a sabbatical, but just never have. So it's sort of like, well, maybe you want to think about that if you're fortunate enough to be in that position. Yeah, Gretch, someone who was at our Happier in Hollywood retreat was on a sabbatical from work. Oh, interesting. Oh, yes. There you go. There's all sorts of things you could do with that time. So let us know if you do try this at home and how treating yourself like a professor works for you. How do you conceive of that? How do you treat yourself like a professor? Let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 467 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that embraces the idea that the opposite of a truth is also true. But first, this break.
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretch, we're back with this week's happiness hack. Yes, this is my hack. So we often say unsubscribe to newsletters that you don't need. It's very common advice. It's very useful advice. All of us get these newsletters. We don't even know why we're getting them. And so, yeah, clean out your inbox and clarify your mind by unsubscribing. As you say, the opposite of a profound truth is also true. And I have found great happiness in subscribing to newsletters specifically. Okay, so last year I did my 30 Days of Culture, which I loved. And one of the things I realized, there were all these things happening that I didn't know about. And why didn't I know that they were happening? Because how would I know? And so for places like the 92nd Street Y, Symphony Space, other places like that that do a lot of cultural events, like McNally Jackson, which is a really big indie bookstore here that does lots and lots of book events, um, I signed up for the newsletters. And so I just take 10 seconds and just scroll through it quickly to see if there's anything that catches my eye. And usually there's not, but every once in a while there's something that I'm super interested in. And the way that I find out is through newsletters. And so it's one of these things where think about, well, are there things? Maybe there's a museum that I love. That's another newsletter that I get. I get the Met newsletter because then you just puts you in touch with things that make you happier or tie you to your city or tie you to your values. It's just a great way to get information. And so as much as we talk about not subscribing to them, they're also very valuable. Yes. Or I like to subscribe to some of my favorite writers and then, you know, it's just a touch point. You sort of feel like you're getting to know them better. Speaking of writers and writing, our next segment is our new segment, Elizabeth, The Right Way. This is your idea. Explain the idea for this. The W-R-I-T-E way. This is a segment for our challenge this year, right? 24 and 24. There's so much discussion about writing 24 and 24. So many ideas, tips, hacks. We wanted to have a segment about it. So this is our new segment, The Right Way. Yes, because as Alyssa said, we always say there's no one right way, but there is the right way. So a little visual pun there. So if you want to read more about Write 24 and 24, I'll post a link to like a big article that I wrote about that in the show notes. I'll link to that in the show notes, or you can listen to episode 461 where we talk about it. But now we're going to launch in to share suggestions and ideas and observations from listeners about how they are using their time to write 24 and 24. Because remember, you can either do two to four minutes of writing, which is what you and I are doing, Elizabeth, or you can do 24 minutes of writing. So people are writing about 
how they are using that writing time. Yes. Cindy says, I have decided to use Gretchen's time hop app hack for my hashtag write24 and 24. Each day I have been spending two to four minutes sharing a photo from the app with a loved one or friend who features in the photo or might enjoy seeing it. I initially started the challenge by writing in a one sentence journal, but soon switched to this idea as I found I can do it from my phone at any time and any location, strategy of convenience. Yeah. This way I am not only remembering beautiful memories, but more importantly, I'm connecting with special people in my life on a regular basis, which is one of my resolutions for the year. Wonderful. Patricia said, my spouse and I implemented Write 24 and 24 this way. We created a designated journal and decorated it with appropriate stickers. Every morning, I'm a lark, I write a sentence. In the evening, she's an owl, she writes a sentence that in some way jumps off from mine. Then my next sentence jumps off from hers. In the first 13 days, we have already begun to create a narrative. Can't wait to see what emerges as the year of writing continues. Thanks for the prompt that spawned this creative interaction. So fun. So fun. Marcy says, this month I am reading and doing the writing exercises in Felicia Day's Embrace Your Weird book. Love Felicia Day. Which I got as a holiday gift to myself after re-listening to a Happier in Hollywood episode. It has been two to ten minutes of writing for each exercise, and I usually do one, sometimes two. Karen said, I've purchased a special journal that I use first thing in the morning with my first cup of coffee when the house is quiet. One side is just about what's going on in my life, while the other side I list three things I'm thankful for, what I'm currently reading, and what I'm working toward on my 24 for 24 list. I've been doing this for about three years now. It's a great way to start my day. Excellent. And Jacqueline says, my best friend and I decided we were going to be each other's pen pals for this year of Write 24 and 24 Challenge. We are lovers and hoarders of beautiful stationary pens, washi tape, stickers, and more. So what better way to pair using these items than writing letters back and forth? We are both happier by spending time writing to each other, but using beautiful stationery with great texture and colorful, fun artwork. Although we talk on the phone to each other multiple times a week, writing time has become a sacred ritual. And also the thing is, these are keepsakes, you know, so this is something that you'll keep in addition to having the phone call. Pam says, I write a letter to my mother who has dementia every day, even though she lives only 45 minutes away and I see her every week. I also write in three one-sentence journals, my 24 and 24 journal where I have tabbed my 24 aspirations, a journal I write about my day in, and my Don't Break the Chain journal. Ashley said, I'm using the new journal app that Apple added with the latest iPhone update. It's helping so much because it's right there on my phone and it's super user-friendly. I can add a few pictures and recap the day, which is what I've been doing, but it also has journaling prompts. Yeah, several listeners mentioned this. This app can be downloaded from the App Store. It's just called Journal. Or if you've updated your phone to the iOS 17.2, you'll get it. It just will pop up on your screen. People are having a lot of fun with this. A lot of people mentioned that they were using this as part of their Write 24 and 24. I saw it pop up on my phone. I, didn't I know, think mine about too. Using it for yeah, this. it looks like pages that also look like a butterfly, kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Check it out. It, it's interesting. Well, speaking of doing it on your phone, 
Erica writes, I have maintained a handwritten gratitude journal for over a decade, each night noting five things for which I am grateful that day. This year, after reading Ross Gay's The Book of Delights and having the new journal app installed on my phone automatically during an Apple update, I decided to do a daily electronic record of what delighted me during the day, including at least one picture of the delight. So far, I am really enjoying this new approach. We interviewed Ross Gay back in episode 223, right when that book, The Book of Delights, had hit the shelves. So um, that was a really fun conversation. Yes. Barb said, I paired it with one of my 24 for 24 goals, practicing my handwriting, which deteriorated significantly following a mini stroke a few years ago. I have set up a few prompts when I don't feel inspired. What I accomplished that day, gratitude, short-term goals... I start each entry with a couple of lines of the alphabet to work on my form. Excellent. Lee said, writing is a very big part of my life. I am writing my dissertation for an English PhD, but often it turns into a chore instead of a creative endeavor. I really admire how both of you have made writing a part of your creative lives and careers. To emphasize creativity and playfulness with writing, I started a mini-memoir project that reads like a dictionary. In ABC order, I have been writing short essays or stories that redefine a word in the context of my life. The entries are short, but are fun, inspiring, and playful. I even write most of them on a Google Doc on my phone to replace late-night scrolling. We mentioned different books that might give people ideas for how they would use their time. So I will mention that if you're interested in like a dictionary format, Diane von Furstenberg, you know, the famous designer, wrote a book along these lines called Own It, The Secret to Life, which is also in the A to Z dictionary format. So that's if you want to look at an example of somebody having fun with that, that's great. I think that's a really fun approach. She is so fabulous. Yes. Darcy said, I've been making lists in a certain category, like all the dogs I have known, and pick one to write about each day. I love that. Yeah, well, and that reminds me of other books. There's a book called Love, Loss, and What I Wore, which is the same thing. You pick a category, and then you use it as a way of self-reflection and, you know, to evoke memories. Love that, that approach. Annette wrote, I incorporate writing into my life by keeping a commonplace journal. I used to journal a lot in the more general sense, but I found that I already talk about my feelings and issues a lot out loud. I'm a therapist and so is my partner. So journaling served more as a place to spiral and it wasn't helpful. So instead, I keep a commonplace journal. I essentially scrapbook and write captions, take notes on things I learn, do little sketches, plan my weeks and months via bullet journaling, and keep a reading journal where I do collages and reviews of the books I read. And she included some pictures, and they're really beautiful, very, very artistic, very thought-provoking. So there's a lot of writing, but there's also a lot of visual elements to it as well. Richard said, for many years, I've written three pages when I get up in the morning, and that is from the morning pages routine from Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. I know a lot of people love that book. Oh, absolutely. That's very popular. Brandy said, I'm in the process of learning Spanish and thought this would be a great way to be consistent in learning. I set a 24-minute timer and write in my notebook. I choose a theme to try and expand my vocabulary or sometimes just write about my day. After I complete it, I snap a photo of it and text it to a friend who so graciously corrects my errors. Typically, I write with coffee and quiet before the day distracts me. 
Knowing I have someone who is waiting to help keeps me even more accountable. Oh, that's good. That's, that's a little impressive. bit of extra accountability. Yes. Way, way to teach yourself another language. Yes. Impressive. Mary Beth said, I have several journals that I write in depending on what is going on in my life, but my favorite journal is the one I am keeping for my grandchildren. I write about fun things we have done together and usually print out a picture or draw a picture. I find that my best entries are the ones I write after we have been together. I usually write in one of my journals every day after breakfast. I also write in my happiness one sentence each day journal at night. I am starting year six. Impressive. Rosie said, at this point, I am committing to two to four minutes a day, and I'm giving myself three options. Number one, a health journal. I am recovering from serious health issues and started it during the worst of it. I write any relevant health info of the day and write what three things I'll focus that day to tend myself and my health. Number two, a new book journal. It has tracking spaces, but also other items like favorite books and why, books I want to read, how certain ones inspire me, quotations, etc. And number three, an open journal. I may change this one to a one-sentence journal. Oh, it's a good range. Finally, Reese says, I intentionally block out time in the evening and make it an enjoyable task. Tea and biscuits with dim light. I think making it into a discipline or tricking yourself isn't the way forward. You need to actually want to do it. Something to look forward to at the end of the day goes a very long way, not only in terms of productivity, but also general happiness. Well, I have to say that sounds like a rebel approach to me, don't (laughs) you? Yeah. Totally. So here's some observations. This is so fascinating to hear. And I found some of these things surprising, Elizabeth. I don't know, but like people taking it in this in directions that I hadn't expected. And one of them was that people have found ways to use this to enforce other aims. So they're using writing and in writing, but they're doing it to learn a language, working on physical writing, sticking with health goals, appreciating the day and the process, strengthening relationships. Connecting with other people. Yes, right. And so this is something where it's writing as writing, but then it's also writing as a tool to strengthen what you're doing in another direction, which I thought was fascinating. I have to say, I hadn't really thought about it that way. No. As always, we learn so much from everybody telling us what they're doing. Well, and I thought another thing that people were doing that was interesting, and I stumbled on this myself, is having a choice. Like people saying like, I guess because I'm such an upholder, I'm like, you have to pick one way and stick to it. But people having like three journals and being like, well, I'll just pick among these three. I'll do whatever makes sense, given whatever it is that I want to write about. But I have to say that for me, I was like, which one am I going to do? My one sentence journal or my five senses journal? And it really took me a while to realize, hey, I could do both. Yes. And like, I do do both. So it is this idea that you don't necessarily have to lock into just one or do everything every single day. As long as you're doing your daily writing, you could move among different practices I thought that was a really good thing to think about. Yeah. When the same goes for the time, you could do two to four minutes one day and 24 minutes another day. Yeah. Doesn't have to be the same. And then also people are tapping into their tendencies. I mean, a lot of people mention their tendencies, but even people who didn't explicitly mention their tendencies, I'm like, oh, this is obliger. Oh, I'm going to text what I wrote to my friend and that's accountability. It's like, okay, that's great for an obliger. Or people who are like, I do it exactly the same way every day. I'm like, "Mm, that also kind of maybe that's a polder vibe. So I do think that always thinking about your tendency is helpful because it just makes it easy to set ourselves up for consistent progress if we're leaning into the strengths of our tendency instead of trying to knuckle through 
maybe things that are harder for our tendency. And again, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you have no idea, if you're an upholder, a questioner, or obliged, or rebel, take the quiz, GretchenRubin.com slash quiz, and it will give you suggestions about how to set yourself up to be consistent with this. So keep these coming because we're going to have the right way throughout the year. So we want to hear more of what you're doing for twenty, right 24 and 24. Absolutely. And speaking of listener answers, because we love listener answers, okay, here's the answer that we want also. So I mentioned the quiz, the Habits for Happiness quiz. Take the quiz and and let us know what answer did you get. So what this quiz will tell you is for you, this is not a general answer, this is the answer for you, what's the next new habit that will make you happier? So what I'm curious is, is like when you get your answer, did it ring true for you? Because whenever a person creates a quiz, and I love a quiz, there's always the thing that's like, does this resonate with people? So that's my first question. And my second question is, once you get that answer, what are you doing? Because I'm so curious what people's actions are. Because, you know, just having a good intent doesn't get you very far. You really need to put it into action. So what are people, how are people putting this into practice? I am fascinated. Yeah, it's been interesting, Gretchen. So many people have taken it so fast. This is something we all want to focus in on clearly. Yeah. Well, because people ask me that all the time, like, where should I start? So this tells you where to start. But you know what's interesting about this quiz, and I may have said this before, is with the four tendencies, I really think like, eh, you're probably, you are what you are. That doesn't change over time. But I think this could change very rapidly because as your life changes, as your interests change, as you develop one habit or like maybe something goes wrong or just your schedule changes, I think that people will end up taking this quiz many, many times because we change, our lives change. Yeah. And so your answer will change. So uh, I think that's going to be really interesting also to see as time evolves, do you keep getting the same answer and over and over? Does it change? Anyway, I, I just find it fascinating to see what results people are getting. Me too. All right, coming up, Gretchen gives herself a winter-related demerit, but first this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team And hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. 
Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has Greenlight, and one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one-time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm -hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. All right, Gretchen, we are back with demerits and gold stars. You're up this week with a happiness demerit. This is just, come on. I really should not have to give myself this demerit, but I do. Okay, so New York City went through a real cold spell, and it was 19 degrees, 15 degrees, and I was so cold all the time. And then it occurred to me, hey, I'm not dressing warmly enough. I'm wearing my regular yoga pants. I'm wearing cotton socks. I'm wearing just like a regular sweater. And then I was like, you know what? Identify the problem. You're too cold. So I started wearing long underwear, my fleecy. I have yoga pants that are kind of like fleecy. My mother-in-law for my birthday a couple years ago gave me, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a long shirt. It's like a sweater shirt that I just put on over my clothes that just gives me another layer. I made sure I didn't go any time without my fingertipless gloves. And you know what? I was a lot more comfortable because it turns out that when, I mean, we, we talked about this with go outside 23 and 23, like dress for it. Treat yourself like a toddler, Gretchen. You wouldn't have your toddler going around in cotton yoga pants in 19 degrees. Well, and it's funny because I remember I really got kind of my happiness bully self came out with my father-in-law because my father-in-law also really runs cold. He and I are always together. In the family, we're always the one being like, it's too cold in here. But anyway, I was looking at him in the middle of winter. He was wearing like cotton khaki pants. And I said, Bob, you've got to wear something that's warmer. So here I am telling him this, but I need to dress more warmly, too. So, yes, dress for the weather, and it will make a difference. But let's just take us up. What is your gold star? All right, Gretch, I am giving a gold star to Adam because he realized how we didn't realize this before. I don't know, but it occurred to him that we had a bunch of shelves mm. that we could consolidate and clear out and give ourselves a lot more space mm-hmm. because we had all these shelves dedicated to sort of Jack's markers and crayons and construction yeah. paper and stamps yeah. and ink pads from when he was younger that he really doesn't use anymore. Yes, he still needs some markers, some crayons, yeah. but not like shelves worth of art 
supplies. Yes. So it's now been consolidated, and I was able to move around a bunch of kitchen stuff that makes it much easier to get to and therefore mm-hmm. right. will make me use it. So yes. it's just joyous. Yes, right. And now all those art supplies, like you gave them away to somebody who could use yes. them. So it's like they've gone and lived their like happy lives as yes. art supplies. And it's true. It's like when it's easy to put things away and take them out, that we just use them more. And so then they're not languishing either. So... I get a vicarious thrill from this, yes, Elizabeth. Right. You know, Too I would bad love... you weren't here for that. Oh, you would have that's exactly it. my favorite kind of thing. Like cleaning up art supplies and like, yes, yes, maybe you could use your biscuit tin, Elizabeth. Yes. Oh, you know, that's put right. some colored paper yep. clips in your fancy biscuit tin. Yep. Yeah. Stay tuned for people's thoughts on stuff that's neither trash nor treasure. Oh we gotta... boy, Gretch, <laughs> I I I love it. I'm getting yes. an education in how to yes. use Altoid tins. This is oh. a whole subculture. Oh my gosh. Yes. Clearly, where have we been? But yes. stay tuned for that. The resource for this week. The resource for this week is check out the Ames workshop. This is coming up on Leap Day 229. You can enroll at happiercast.com slash workshop. It's going to be really, really fun to use that to give us a shot of energy as we head into the rest of 2024. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I'm reading The Big Short by Michael Lewis. And I am reading Humanize, A Maker's Guide to Designing Our Cities by Thomas Heatherwick. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Treat yourself like a professor. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Canes 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and threads and TikTok at Gretchen Rubin. I'm on threads and Instagram at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. That is how most people discover our show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. So, Lizette, you know, I am just wishing that I had got my hands on the art supply cupboard. How have you never revealed it to me before? That's That would be so delightful to tackle. I know, Gretchen. It's one of those things where it just seemed like it was what it was and always yes. would be. Yes. And it never crossed my mind. Yes. It could be anything different. Yes. And it's a revelation. It's funny how that is with clutter. You're just like, oh, it's just there. Like, of course we need it there. Of course it has to be there. I'm just endlessly fascinated by clutter. Yep. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. 
and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.